0: Welcome back to Lakes, Woods & Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. Hard to believe it, but uh, we're down to the last uh, show of the uh, season, our season. There's plenty of good golf left, a uh, couple of months of great golf in our area, and much more than that around the country, of course. Uh, Chris, uh, it's been a kind of a crazy year. We got to the uh, Tour Championship, and it uh, turned out to be uh, pretty compelling, really, the last uh, couple of days. Yeah, it
1: uh, you know, I I think we talked on the show last week where uh I said it was going to hold out until Monday to determine how, you know, what I thought of the event. And I I I still think it, it it's not perfect, but it was uh it was pretty compelling over the weekend and uh that's what that's what you want. and It was definitely much just going by score rather than having the FedEx points and um, having to have somebody interpret those, it, it was definitely much, uh, easier to follow and, you know, much more like a, a regular golf tournament. I, I'm i not sure how much I like the, you know, kind of the first place guy starting off at 10 under, but it, it turned out to be a great weekend of golf and, uh, certainly fun seeing Rory, Rory McIlroy and Bur- Brooks Koepka playing in the same group and, uh, tossing up there and, uh. Um, guess Justin Thomas had a great weekend and yeah. Shaffley, and uh, there was a lot of great golf to be played. And you really until the last few holes where Rory kind of separated himself. It um, it was pretty pretty fun coming down the wire.
0: Yeah, and what comes down to those two guys or those those four guys really, they've been right there all season, all of them, mm-hmm. and uh, it just worked out that way that they were all hot again uh, toward the end of the season. Uh, Kepka uh, maybe hit a. Couple of big hook shots uh, late in late in the day on Sunday, but uh, with with six holes or seven holes to go, it was still up for grabs. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Rory managed to uh, pull himself away. And then he made a couple bogeys and and it got a little closer. But he was uh, pretty much in firm command down the stretch. And uh, uh, most of those guys, when they that whatever the mindset is of the greats, they get a two shot lead with uh, with the four to go and. Guys like this, generally, aren't going to give that back.
1: No, not not typically. And uh, you know, it, it really. I, w- I was, I was really glad to see Rory win because he's had had such a great year, and you know, kind of has flown under the radar. Even though that yeah. was his, his third win, I mean, statistically, he w- he was outstanding all year. I mean, he he his sh- sh- stroke he, he led strokes gained overall like two two point six shots around I mean that's that's huge from from right separate yourself from the next best guy so um there there were a lot of it was it was I I thought it turned out in the end pretty darn good
0: yeah I thought so too when one of the few guy Adam Scott made a big charge on uh, and talk about uh, a chance to make some money these guys I think at top eight all make a million bucks at least and uh, Adam Scott scorches the place on uh, Sunday and he moves into sixth kind of from the back of the field so and uh, you know, they're <laughs> the, the announcers are awfully good about uh, this is a million dollar five footer, you know, and, <laughs> which is hard to hard to think about, you know. Yeah, yeah,
1: bit. and I, I I wonder, you know, if you, when you're in the when the in the heat of the battle, I don't know if you're thinking about that I that cash on the line yeah. or not, but it, you know, it, it,
0: million dollars is a lot for any, regardless of what your lifestyle is. Yeah. Um Paul Casey clearly knew on the seventy second hole he had a five footer. He he knew he needed a two putt yeah. to win two and a half million bucks, which I think was third overall. And uh he lagged up the <laughs> five footer. <laughs> he about he it, it almost looked like he whiffed the first putt. I mean it was <laughs> he uh the foot was not on the accelerator there. No it was not. Tap in for yeah. a. Two-and-a-half mail, pretty good payday, though. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, sets those guys up, obviously, for, well, for life, if they're good with their money, these guys yeah. at the top of the game. So, And uh, Tiger never too far away from the news. He gets a knee operation right when all the headlines are talking about uh, Rory and then Kepka and then uh, Tiger announces a knee operation, which went well just a cleanup job, sounds like, so that's good. But let's get back to player of the year for a sec. Uh, you've talked about it a lot, Chris, on the show. And uh, I think we're in agreement that, that, you know, the majors are the main thing. So Rory has the uh, fabulous year, as good as um, probably any player in, in the last 10 years, close to as good overall. Yeah. And uh, maybe on par with the Spies year a couple of years ago for how good he played the entire season. Uh, but Kepka backed up his PGA championship with another PGA championship. And he finished second in the u s open and second in the masters, and he won and he had three wins and he won player of the year uh had to be very close voting with rory yeah i would you know the 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 p j of him he won the p j
1: americas player of the year the p j tour player of the year is is coming out i think n- next week but um p j of america's really go, just goes on strictly on a point, points criteria rather than um rather than voting pj of america's will be a vote but uh pretty hard not to v- vote for kept Kepka i think um with his, you know with his major win and the finish in the masters u.s open three additional wins pretty darn strong
0: yeah uh, yeah came close to i yeah, came very close to winning winning three majors yeah he won one but yeah uh, yeah pretty impressive season and uh Uh, And and they all kind of say it, especially if they don't win, but uh, he just said on Sunday, basically, I I can't turn it on every day. No, nobody can. can, Otherwise, whoever would win every week. Right. Nicholas never would have lost, and neither would Tiger. Exactly. Turn on every day. (laughs) Or Rory. He wouldn't either. Yeah. Yeah. And on the uh, women's side, great young player, uh, uh, South Korean uh, uh, Jin Young-Ko, uh, she's been just phenomenal. She's 24 years old and, uh, she wins, uh, player of the year on the, uh, on the LPGA tour. And you were saying her, her, uh, non-bogey stats are unbelievable.
1: Yeah. She's gone, I think it's uh, two and a half tournaments now without making a bogey. I, uh, I can't go two holes without making a bogey. It, that's, uh, <laughs> I mean, when you think about that, you, you never a three putt, never hitting one. You know, in the water, out of bounds, or whatever it is. That's impressive.
0: Yeah, she's uh, another in a long line of great young players on the LPGA. We'll see about her longevity. It was nice to see Brooke Henderson right there as well. She's very popular, and of course, uh, they were in Canada for that last tournament, so Brooke had a huge following down the stretch, and she caught fire on the back nine on Saturday, and I think Bernie'd nine out of 12, or went nine under on the last 12 holes to shoot herself right back into the tournament for Sunday. So, But then uh, Ko didn't back away, Jin young Jin Uh Probably been the best player down the stretch, and she's the player of the year. And we wanted to mention uh, your good friend had uh, quite a week in golf last week. You know, uh, I've t- we
1: talk about the amateur game on here sometimes, but a uh, uh, good friend from Des Moines, Iowa, Mike McCoy, finished... Uh, tied for medalist in the U.S. Senior, Senior Am, and, uh, uh, at taping, they're down to the semifinals. He, he won his first match, and then, uh, then got beaten, tough match in the second one, but also, um, another Des Moines guy, Gene Elliott, uh, also qualified for the match play, finished seventh in the, in the medal play, and, uh, he, he got, just really had a tough match. 90, 95% of the matches, I went and looked, if you shot even par, you would have won. Gene shot even or one under and got beat. So two and one. So, uh, you never know in that match play. It's, uh, uh, t- tough deal. There's no defense. And you work with both those guys. I do. I, uh, Mike, uh, on and off with his golf swing. I, I uh, he, he takes a lot of lessons, but Gene I've worked with a lot on his, put- with his putting in the last couple of years and, uh, Boy, he's, he's the number one ranked senior amateur in the country right now, so it's kind of fun to fun to follow that. Right. A little letter recommendation yeah. from him wouldn't yeah. wouldn't be bad. <laughs> <laughs> Mac, I was going to mention we didn't talk about this, yeah. but uh, boy, there's in Golf World magazine online they do this My Shot column. I think you've read before, but they've got one uh, uh, that came out on uh, on Tuesday with Lee Elder, who was the first. African American to play in the Masters. It is fantastic. Really? Yeah, it's, uh, I read all of those and it's, it's the best one I've read and, uh, uh I knew quite a bit about Lee, Lee, Elder, but I, I didn't realize his whole story and it's, uh, if you like golf, it's a must read.
0: Great to hear. Yeah. 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 Lee Elder was, uh, remember the name well. I, yeah. I used to have a, I used to play a putting game pretty much by myself because my brothers didn't play much <laughs> in the house in, uh, yeah, when I was in grade school and junior high, you know, and I was such a nerd about stats that, you know, I'd have to have like, you know, 50 guys in the <laughs> tournament, you know, Al <laughs> Guyberger, and, well oh, I better put him in. I, I better put Lee Elder yeah. in. I better put this guy in. And then you never get done, you know, yeah. you got 50 guys <laughs> putting 18 times, 18 no, different get. holes. No. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes your favorite, like Gary Player, always putted pretty darn well. <laughs> you throw it a little bit, so he was right? up toward the top, yeah. perhaps. Yeah,
1: right. yeah, but uh
0: great column in uh in Golf World magazine online. So, yeah, good one. Oh, we've got Chuck Kletkatsky up next. He's going to review the uh the great uh, tournament we had in town out at the Legacy with some tour pros or future tour pros, perhaps, coming to town and a nice event at the Legacy. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley and Colin McDonald
1: at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan.
0: Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, The Fan, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com and now available at Podcast One, streaming brought your way by our friends at Mills Ford and Mills GM. Got Chuck Kletkatsky on the phone, head golf professional at Craigens. Uh, Chuck, you are coming off a great uh, event. We talked about it, uh, beforehand a few weeks back. And we want to just kind of review, uh, what seems like a, an awfully good success. You had, uh, uh hopes of getting the, uh, uh, the, Corn um, Ferry tour in town and the mini tour event at Craigens and went off quite well.
2: It was a wonderful, uh, it was a wonderful week. We started off with the gala on Monday night and the Prince Tribute Band. We had a couple hundred people at the Sports Center at Craigens having a having a big time and uh tuesday's pro-am had over a hundred players in it so all the pros got a practice round and our sponsors got to enjoy the golf course and then wednesday and thursday we had uh just a great competition that ended up in a playoff uh for uh we had a tie for first place so
0: very nice joe uh Jusik ends up winning the playoff and getting the win and uh takes home fifteen thousand dollars which for a uh, for a mini tour event, is nice prize money, and uh, you had uh, a nice field. And when that kind of money is talked about, you're going to get you're going to get some young guys in here with dreams of the tour to play, aren't you, Chuck?
2: No, it was awesome. We had people from uh, the Web. dot com tour, now Corn Ferry, uh, the McKenzie Tour, the Dakota Tour, um, some section professionals, and we had just a uh, just a great field. And the golf course was uh, challenging, but you know those guys that uh, that. Uh, one, I mean, Joe shot sixty nine, sixty six to get in the playoffs. So it's just great, great scoring.
1: Chuck was. We haven't talked about this uh, between us, but what what did you think of the scoring? Was it uh, about what you thought it would be? Was it lower or higher?
2: Well, it's interesting because out of fifty players, you know, twenty one players, I think the first day shot uh, uh, par or better. So to me, that was a, a, a good a good fair test. Um, the pins were challenging. The greens were really, really fast. But uh, you know, those guys that are good players, they still managed to break par. And then uh, you know, the second day was a little bit, uh, a little bit easier. Um, but they still, uh, the, the golf course was challenging, and it was a fun, fun event.
0: Sixty-six. That's a that's a nice number. Yeah. So uh, he comes and then wins the playoff. And an overall purse of around seventy thousand dollars, Chuck. We're uh, hoping to get the event here. So uh, the more and more uh, players that you draw to the event, and I think uh, well, uh, Craigan just represents itself so well, anyway. So again, we had uh, some comments from players who were in town, how how nice they think the venue is, how it's a nice would be a nice fit for the Corn Ferry Tour, and uh, just doing a lot of things right out there. And uh, uh, how far down the road are we looking, Chuck?
2: well you know we're we're really uh we're we're ready for the call if you will um anytime that the pga tour were to call you know we would try to try to find a way to say yes um but you know this year we expanded the tournament uh you know instead of just a one-day event we went to a two-day pro event with the pro-am as well as the gala and um you know next year the goal is to have a a four-day event um thursday through sunday would be competitive golf and then you know, have have ams and such on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So, you know, it just it into a week long um, community event where, you know, hopefully, you have a junior day and such. So, Chris, you know, we have a great junior program out here, and we could get some juniors involved and you know, raise some money for the community.
1: Chuck, what? How does how does the process work to gain the tour's attention and and actually make it become a corn fairy event?
2: Well, it's interesting, but, you know, Friday, so the event ended Thursday, but uh, on Friday Ron Sanders and I sent uh, some some communication up to the tour and, you know, showed them the, the, the pictures and just, you know, we had electronic scoring out here, we had hospitality tents, um, and just, you know, showed them that, that we had a, had a real event. And, um, you know, we just start to lobby them, that we have a committee and that we have a group of individuals, um, but, but also just that the, the community is behind it. And that's the most important thing is, you know, we need community support for something like this to happen.
0: Right, and looking to uh, gain some more, I'm sure, some nice uh, community help uh, the last, last year and then again this year, and uh, obviously we'd like to expand that a little bit uh, in the future. So, yeah, I think it's a great event and uh, a lot of prestige involved if we can get uh, Corn Ferry Tour here, and who doesn't like to have their uh, name attached to something like that?
2: No, it's the truth. and. But truly, you know, we just want to showcase all of the Brainerd Lakes area. I mean, there's, um, we were talking to the folks from Cuyuna Regional Medical Center and, you know, just, just over in Crosby. I mean, just the great, um, you know, biking and, and, and diving. And there's so many activities around the Lakes area that, uh, is why we all live here.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Jusik, he came from, uh, Michigan. Uh, how far and wide did the players come from, Chuck?
2: Well, it was really interesting. Um, the marketing folks from Cuyahoga Regional Medical Center were out on the course, and we're just su- happily surprised. We had golf professionals from Washington. We had Canadian folks. We had uh, you know people from Minneapolis, and so it was just it was just a, a an international event. <laughs> even yeah, though, even though uh, we're kind of in our infancy, if you will.
0: Fantastic, and uh, down the road, of course. So we're getting toward. Uh well, really, a lot of people would say the best time of year to golf September, October, and uh, Craigens has lots to offer in the next couple of months, Chuck.
2: Yeah, it's true. Our uh, you know our men's league is wrapping up, and our ladies' league and all that kind of stuff. But September and October are great, uh, great times to come off to the golf course. Um, we've got uh, we still have junior golf in the fall. Um, we've got rates that start to drop here at the end of September, and uh, you know it's just. The golf are in their best shape of the year because they've been growing all summer. And uh, we'd love to have people out and enjoying the courses and enjoying the sunshine.
0: I think maybe year-round this summer the course has been in fantastic shape since day one, really. Yeah,
2: yeah we've been blessed. Um, Matt McKinnon and his staff on the on the ground side of things have really got, uh, got things rolling well. And, you know, it was really interesting talking to the golf professionals that uh, – you know, they said our greens and our fairways and stuff are, you know, they were as good as anything they've seen this summer, so that's nice to hear from uh, people that are out of the area.
0: Did the players have any time to get on board with Captain Dutch and take a little cruise around the lake? <laughs> <laughs> they
2: did, funny enough, Monday night, uh, we, had a, we had a great sponsor uh, uh, dinner and, and uh, a boat ride, if you will, and, and then uh, they also went fishing, you know, we had we had a bunch of boats that went out fishing for the sponsors on Monday during the day, so that's uh, it. Just it just adds to the kind of the event and the the week long week long uh, fun.
0: Yeah, Chris had a great guest on last week, one of the pros, and uh, he was saying the exact same thing. I tell the guys, you got to go fishing, you got to get on the water. It's Minnesota. Come on out and go to Minnesota.
2: Yep. Yeah. Neil shot uh, Neil shot sixty eight, sixty eight. So he finished in a tie for third place. He played a great uh, great game last week.
1: Yeah. He's had a couple good weeks stretch here with, uh, his win in North Dakota and then the, the tie for third finish here, so.
0: Alright, Chuck, thanks for taking the time today and we'll see you down the road. Uh, I, I say it every week, I, I'm gonna play more in September and October. <laughs> I think I actually can now. You couldn't play any less, Mac. Hardly any less, or any worse. <laughs> Chuck, thanks. Thank-
2: gentlemen. It's uh, been a great summer and uh, we look forward to talking to
0: you guys again. All right, thanks Chuck. Thank you, Chuck. Chuck Kletkatsky's had a golf professional out at the uh, Legacy. Put it on your golf calendar to at least two great months of uh, golf left, so uh, let's get out and play. You're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on the fan. You're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons with Chris Foley and
1: Colin McDonald at 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Wanna to welcome to the show Justin Smith. Justin is the uh the new men's golf coach at the University of Minnesota and uh, former gopher himself. Justin, welcome to the show.
3: Hey, thank you. Thanks, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. Uh certainly a privilege and excited to talk about some good Minnesota golf here.
1: Yeah, it's uh, uh it's great to have you on the show and it's it's great that you were named the uh the new coach of the gophers. I, I'm very excited for you and uh, you've got a long history with the University of Minnesota, and t- tell us a little bit about your background.
3: Yeah, so no, I'm uh, you know a kid that um, born and raised and in, and um, in, uh, just just north of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, and so I spent, uh, you know, just about all through through high school in a town called Franklin, Pennsylvania. And then kind of when I was down in 10th grade, um, we moved down closer to Pittsburgh. Um, so I spent 10th grade through 12th, graduated high school in Moon Township, Pennsylvania. Um, and then before, just before I came out to here, so um, it was recruited uh, by Brad James, who uh, was my assistant coach for a year. And then was my head coach for three years and, um, so we, we achieved some pretty cool things here. Um, you know, won, won, uh, two Big Ten titles, uh, as a team and then, uh, won a national championship in 2002. So, um, certainly excited, um, to try to keep doing what we what those teams were and some of the other championship teams that, that, uh, that came you know in the last uh, ten years or so I'm um, try to restore that and get get our kids excited to kind of you know chase those standards no
2: yeah.
1: doubt you know if, if, if I remember right you you played a pretty pivotal role in that uh, uh, that championship especially the last day and uh, yeah. it, it came at a at an interesting time in the history yeah. of uh, men's golf at the at the university because they were about to drop the program is that yeah correct?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think it was um I think it was right around maybe first of April or so, um, you know, I remember getting a text from our coach, uh, Brad and you know, he kind of mentions, you know, he says, hey, hey, whatever you do, don't read the paper. And that's, you know, it's no different than maybe my my four-year-old or whatever, but whenever someone says something like that, hey, don't do something, what are you going to do? You <laughs> yeah. know, you're going to go read the paper. So um, so we knew that they were, um, you know, they were looking to, um, so us, women's golf and then men's gymnastics, they were looking to eliminate those programs. Um, and the only you know, interesting thing was is, you know, those kind of programs are a big you know, big time university like Minnesota, you know, it doesn't put too much of a dent into what they're trying to do, you know, financially. So it was always interesting, but we all know kind of the, the great, uh, community and support that we have for golf, uh, you know, down in Twin Cities also up northern Brainerd there and everything. So, you know, it was an incredible opportunity that, we had a lot of individuals really step up, uh, um, and try and save our program, but that kind of really fueled our fire, no question, for us to really, you know, bond together and, and go achieve some things that, uh, you know, his programs have never seen before. Yeah. Um, and not a lot of northern programs for that matter, you know, achieved before. So um, there's no doubt that. We were a really good team, but you know that little bit kind of put us over the edge to to go ahead and take care of some business in some fun ways. Yeah, and it. it
1: do, do, am I re- remembering right? Didn't you make the the putt to win the uh, win the NCAA's? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was.
3: Yeah, I was the last one to come in for our team, no question. Um, you know, so I think we ended up winning by three or four, uh, for that matter. But uh, you know, at the time when we weren't in the final group with uh, Georgia Tech, who was in second place, and they had holes to play. You know, every stroke really mattered, it seemed like, and especially a team like that that was, you know, a top three, top five team kind of every year. Um, so, yeah, so I was able to make, I think I made like an eight-footer for par on the last, and, uh, you know, it certainly uh, gave us enough cushion. And, um, you know, to have all your teammates there, every coaches is there, family, friends like that, it was a pretty surreal moment there um, to kind of be a part of, and it's amazing. It's, um, what has it been, you know, 17 years already, you know, wow. kind of since that is. So um, I'm starting to recruit some individuals that, they're now, uh, you know, <laughs> we're born after that date, so you know it's all, all comes kind of
1: full circle there. Uh, that's great stuff. Gives me goosebumps thinking about it. But, uh, yeah. So you, um, one of the, one of the great things that's happened to the University of Minnesota golf team is uh, you have a great new facility uh, yep. at the U. It's. Uh, you know these college golf facilities around the country are incredible now, and yeah. um, the University of Minnesota is, has really not had much uh, in the last thirty years. I mean the the, the golf courses a little short and and for you guys to play and don't have it doesn't have a great range or anything and and tell us about your new facility it's been a yeah. long time coming yeah
3: no we had you know that um you know this past january um we uh you know we unveiled this new facility to our student athletes uh both men's and women's golf share this facility um it was privately fundraised and took you know three four five years and uh, quite a bit of time when you go ahead and raise, you know, three and a half million dollars. Just it doesn't happen overnight. So then you throw in, you know, kind of getting it through the university, getting our department, getting our, you know, uh, board of regents, everyone on board for that, and for the better of our student athletes, it just takes some time. So um, you know, finally in, in end of January, we were able to get that accomplished. Uh, um, but it's it's located right in our outdoor practice facility as well. So our outdoor practice facility in about 2010, uh, Tom Layman kind of came in and gave some ideas and. Helped us maybe redesign a little bit um, there and sunk sunk a good chunk, you know, of of dollars in. And it really turned out to be an amazing kind of 100 yards and in, 120 yards and in kind of facility um, for that matter. So um, we have a range. We hit kind of on the back end of the public side of um, the Les Bolstad driving range there. uh, Kind of right up next to the 13th hole, that par 5 there at Bolstad. Mm -hmm. um, But it's an amazing place. We have six heated hitting bays. Uh, We have a 3,000 square foot. Um, shipping and putting green indoor there with you know kind of state of the art synthetic turf uh, that a lot of the you know top facilities in the country are using and then we have a team lounge we have team locker rooms private lounge coaches' offices um, and then we have a we have a system in there called put view uh, which came kind of highly recommended from a lot of tour players um, and they they you know some of them have it. And their own facilities there which is the luxury I guess of a, of a top notch tour player to be able yeah. to do that stuff but uh, this is really kind of what separated our facility from a lot of others and that's that's my whole goal in a lot of ways with our program here is at Minnesota like how, how can we be different and we got to be different because the challenges we face with weather and you know all kinds of stuff like that, with some travel and hopping on planes a bunch of times. But you know, it's for no question when we get recruits in and show them it, um, you know, how we can be different. And this this type of technology certainly lets us do that.
0: Absolutely,
3: uh, along with the trackmans and all that other kind of stuff that that we have within that facility. But uh, you know, that that's a blast using that and seeing our our student athletes really benefit from that.
1: Yeah, how, how big impact will do you feel it's going to have on your ability to recruit players to the University of Minnesota?
3: Yeah, we're we're already seeing that, no question. I mean, you know, I think that. Um You know we're a bit selective uh maybe the first few months you know we're in the middle of our season you know so we didn't have like at first a ton of visits a ton of recruits coming to see it and then really this summer we've been hit it hard and um kind of preparing not only for uh you know the the upcoming year or two but you know kind of a couple years down the road uh, within the within the ancillary rules there that we can have kids on campus so uh, but it's amazing. It's just, a, it's a, it's a jaw dropper. You know, it's just, uh, it stops everyone their foot tracks. They, some have heard it, some haven't. And when they see it and kind of how we train, you know, it's, it's really the perfect way to train, you know, for indoor, you know, golf for that matter. Absolutely. I mean, it, it lights up this track with the, with the brake and it takes into account, you know, the slopes and the speed of the green and, Length of putt, and you can adjust it based on how hard you or soft you want to hit the putt. So, it's really amazing technology that kind of fits you know all types of putters, and uh, they can just kind of groove their groove their stroke and their speed, and you know it kind of get some direct feedback there. So,
1: just how many how many kids that uh, come to the University of Minnesota there is their goal to play professional golf after school?
3: Yeah, we well we, we certainly hope all of them. I mean that that's our that's our that's our pitch that's that's the individuals we want here uh, we want great well rounded student athletes no question uh, um, great students in school great people great families um, but we want them all to be wired and all to be motivated to play the next level um, you know for for my sake that's kind of where my experience and my expertise can really come into play knowing you know for eight years I chased it out there and, and made to the corn Ferry tour I think is what it's called now and it was a nationwide tour when I played it for four years um, kind of in the late 2000s there but um, that's that's the motivation. That's where we're going, and that's the kind of individuals we want here, because um, that's the level we want to play at. And um, you know, all the top twenty, you know, top fifteen, you know, programs out there. I mean, they're going to have tour players up and down their roster. So uh, we may have to develop them. You know, we'll we'll spend a bit more time and. And maybe we don't get you know that many in right away, but you know we want everyone motivated that way. So absolutely, um, it's a great deal, and we've got a, you know a, a lot of talent, and uh, we just got to refine it a little bit. So,
1: well, along that lines, a former golfer just won on the European Tour yeah. this past weekend, Eric Van Ruden.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, it, just amazing. You know, it's you know you always hear people say you know it's a, it's a, it's great to see great things happen to great people, and that can't be more of the truth with him um i certainly i didn't play with him when he was on the team here i wasn't you know it was around i was still playing pro golf and um you know chasing it and and uh, driving a lot of miles out there but i um, really gotten connected with him really well the last uh, few years and um, he is really on an incredible track and trending in a direction that uh not very many get to in this game no question and we well, only was a matter of time before he got that big win and it was just exciting to see him do it yeah this past weekend
1: yeah he did, did I hear right that he's still living in the twin cities
3: he his wife is from Roseville okay um so her family still lives in the area um they he just bought a house down in Jupiter Florida and joined a club down there um so Looks like you know, hopefully in the winter time he'll be spending a lot of time there. Um mm-hmm. I think his goal last time we talked, you know, his goal was to play both tours, you know, long term. Sure. You know, kinda like, you know, what some a lot of those other top Europeans have have done, you know, recently in the past years and um but you know for him what he's got what he's accomplished and kind of the stability that he has on the European tour, I think you'll see him out there, you know, quite a bit, uh, no doubt, and that's kinda what's What's you know his stable you know for that matter and what he can do and travel all over the world but there's no question with his wife and a lot of friends and his connections here in Minnesota you know I, certainly he needs to be playing that three M Open every year so we got to figure that out no question and Absolutely. the draw that he can be there but um, I think yeah hopefully we'll start seeing more in the U S here compete
1: yes tell us uh, tell us about this year's team Justin
3: yeah. No, we have. Um, this is probably as excited as I've been. No question about a team, and there, and it's a lot of different reasons. It's, it's, it's. You know, we we came off an opportunity where we were tied for the lead going to the final round of the Big Ten Championship, and it didn't turn out in our way. But you know, in a, a learning experience for a bunch of young guys that that has to happen in a position that we weren't in for a long time, and um, you know, something that uh, as you all know. Uh, you got to kind of fall on your face a few times in this game before you really kind of you know kind of get over that hump and right and kind of get past those hurdles or whatnot but um so we got a group that went into the summertime they were crazy motivated um, kind of the theme of the summer was you know put yourself in uncomfortable positions, and so they were you know playing big time amateur events and traveling all over the country and you know a few of them even went up to Nova Scotia and played the Canadian Am. so you know they were traveling there nationally and you know, then we'll have three international kids from England on our team and but I think the theme is obviously gonna be competition. I mean, not only the the tournaments that we're signed up for and where we'll go travel to, but within our own team. It's just gonna be it's gonna be a deep team, you know, one through ten, we're gonna have everybody an opportunity most likely is gonna make this team and and really when that happens and you got kind of you know, a lot of guys that are just vying and, and pushing from the back end, you know, everyone gets better. And that's what, that's what we've got to have, have happen here at a, at a little bit more consistent and quicker rate is development of these players. And, um, you know, certainly, you know, that's kind of why I'm in this position and, and to go ahead and, uh, put things in place for them to, uh, to ultimately reach their
1: goals. Oh, that's exciting. And you've, uh, you've got your first tournament coming up, uh, yeah. next weekend at home, home, uh, home tournament, the Gopher Invitational. Yeah. Uh, that's at uh, Winsong Farms in Independence. And uh, are there opportunities for people to come out and see that, Justin?
3: Yeah, absolutely. No free admission to everybody. Um, you know, the, kind of the one of the things that's that's really separated this tournament from a lot of other college tournaments is not only the field that we generate, but the volunteers that come out and offer up their time and services. You know, to help kind of elevate our tournament. To where a lot of times you won't you won't go to tournaments and there'll be live scoring you know there'll be maybe every three holes or every nine holes or or whatever may have you but we'll have walking scores with every group um we've just about filled those all those roles um we've got a few spots left on Sunday uh, for the morning and afternoon sessions but you know so that's you know twenty five groups and we've got seventy so total seventy five spots filled for that so the the support's been incredible um but for admission and just coming out and seeing it at Winsong Farm which it was one of the best courses in the state. And uh, you know, when we talk to other coaches that come up here, I mean it's their favorite course that they come to and their student athletes say that as well. So we've got a really cool thing going. We've got some cool ideas that we want to put in place, you know, for years down the line to even make it better to kind of be more of a go for golf homecoming. But you know, like I tell everybody, you know, our, our greatest asset in our program is our student athletes and our coaches but in our support staff, but right behind it is our goal from Invitational and what we can put on, you know, as, as a as a display for the state of Minnesota to see and bring in some of the best teams in the country and helps us schedule, helps us go play and kind of recruit to playing the top, you know, top 20, top 30 schedule every year. And um, So, but we take it very serious and we're super excited and, uh, you know, want everybody in there. And, and as much as possible to come out and kind of see some of the best college golfers, you know, on display here right in their home state.
1: Yeah, it's a fantastic level of play. Who, who are some of the teams that you have coming?
3: So, yeah, so I'd say, you know, we, we've we had every year, we've had Oklahoma, we've had Arkansas. Every other year, Baylor comes. Um Texas a is going to be a new team this year. NC State was a new team last year. They were a top 25 team, and they absolutely love it. So it's a staple on their schedule. And then, you know, Iowa, Michigan State, Purdue, Utah, um, you know, just to name a few there. Uh, newcomers like Marquette is a solid Midwestern team uh, that's coming for the first time, and West Virginia is another team uh, that's their programs on the rise. So this is a very, um, very strong, probably one of the strongest ones we've seen. Last year our tournament was ranked 17th as, as far as the strength of strength of field in all of college golf, uh, for that matter. And we'll hopefully look to see this year be even be even higher. But uh, so we got a lot of work to do in ourselves to try to figure out how to beat these teams. Um, but on our home course and the course we know well, so we'll uh, we'll be ready for them, no question. But um, certainly an incidentally regional um, type field, and that's always kind of one of the the motives every year to put together. So absolutely.
1: Well, that's great stuff, Justin. So you said there are some volunteer opportunities still yeah. may be available. How do people find out yeah. about that?
3: You can go to, to uh, www.goforinvitational.com and there will be a volunteers tab kind of right there on the page And it'll, it'll, it's very simple. You just fill out your name and email address, um, the shift that you want to, um, you know, kind of volunteer for. Like I said, the, the Monday, option is quite full uh, but we're looking for sunday still you have to fill a couple couple spots there um you to get a great hat great shirt um, along with it to uh in a, in a lunch as well so we try to take care of them as much as anybody because um, we know the work that goes in and how how that part of our tournament makes us uh you know a level of its own and very special so we got to do it the right way and uh get excited about bringing Bringing people from all over to come help us.
1: Yeah, and and you get to walk right down the fairway with the players yep. and see some incredible golf. So there's no
3: question. We were just working on uh, kind of alumni of Golf Invitational, and off the top of my head, I'm not sure, but it's amazing how many individuals are now on tour, you know, competing and winning for that matter um, yes. across the you know across the globe. So. Um, the, the individuals that do really well, the golfer. I mean, they're they're ones that keep your eyes on for a long time because they'll they'll surface out there in the pro ranks too, and no you certainly won't be able to get as close to them out there as you can here. No, but.
1: that's right. Well, that's great stuff, Justin. We really appreciate you coming on and uh, telling us about the the program, and uh, we're excited to have you as the new uh, the new golf coach.
3: No, thank you. It's uh, it's very surreal. Obviously, my my dream became a reality when that phone call was made that uh, I was going to be the next golf coach. So I take it. Take it very serious. We're going to have a lot of fun and we're going to put a great product out there for people and, uh, certainly connecting with you, Chris, and all the great things that you and your academy kind of does, uh, for the state of Minnesota. We're excited to be a part of that too.
1: No, thank you, Justin. Well, I will, uh, I'll look forward to seeing you next weekend down in, uh, at Wednesday. Awesome.
3: Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Thanks,
1: Justin. Have a great day. Yep. That was, uh, Justin Smith, the new men's golf coach at the University of Minnesota. It's Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ and streaming online at brainerdradio.net.
0: Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, uh, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. And I hope you have enjoyed the uh, podcast this year. Our streaming sponsored by uh, Mills GM and Mills Ford. They've been with us now for a few years, so thanks to them. And uh, Tito's Handmade Vodka, our sponsor the 19th Toll, which we are literally on the 19th Toll here, our last uh, segment for this year as far as the uh, radio part of the show goes. We might have some podcast uh, pieces uh, reposted and uh, maybe Lakeswoods and Irons as well. We've had some excellent uh, content this year. Tito's served locally, of course. Uh, Craigans, Grandview, Maddens, Rutgers, and uh, most of the golf courses in the area where you can uh, settle down for the 19th hole. All of those courses have been with us two or three times over the course of the summer. That's uh, great of those guys to take a little time out of their out of their schedule and go on the air with us and talk about everything that's happening. And boy, fall golf, and uh, not just those courses, but we've got uh, well, we've got ten courses within shouting distance around yeah. here that are. Well worth putting on your golf calendar. I'd hope to get Golden Eagle on. We've talked to him a few times, but they just haven't been able to sync up. And Eagles Landing as well. Freezy Point and Crosswoods and Cuyuna, they all joined us this year as well. So definitely make some time on your golf calendar for all the uh, great places to play in the Lakes area. We've got such a wealth of great golf here in the, in the Brainerd area and uh, coming up in the next uh, six, eight weeks, some of the best golf weather of the entire year. So. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Chris, uh, were you out on the range at all when the, uh, uh, when the young pros were in town for the Craig's tournament last week, yeah, I, I spent quite a bit of
1: time on the range, just uh, you know, kind of observing guys and what they were doing, and and uh, talking to some of them. Some great young young pros out there trying to
0: you know trying to get to the next level. And so many of them must hit it, uh, what seems like exactly right almost every time they swing the club, huh?
1: Yeah, you know, it. it's,
0: uh,
1: it's not as good as what you'd see at a tour event, but it's pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is definitely some, some speed and some, some power out there. We did a, uh, during the, the practice round, we did it, or excuse me, the, uh, the pro am, we did a, uh, Trackman event where everybody in the field, the pros and the amateurs, uh, we, uh, captured their swing and their driving distance. It was a long drive contest and, uh, the longest player in the field, uh, carried the ball 348. Uh, 124 mile an hour club head speed, which was impressive. So there were of the, I think, I think we captured, uh, 30, 35 or 36 pro swings. And, um, of those, I think 26 of them hit it 300 or farther carry. What was surprising in the pro on the, on the amateur side, I think we had eight or nine guys that hit it over 300. Yeah. That's
0: pretty impressive. There's a few bombers around here. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, for sure. You you know if you ran into them in in men's league at all, head-to-head, when they're uh, 75 yards ahead of you. (laughs) You know,
1: what what was interesting, and uh, my son Joe made the observation, you know, if you go to a regular tour event, you get a lot of guys practicing after their round. Uh, you know, you'll see a lot of guys on the range. And um, we there, were, there weren't many guys that practiced after they played. We saw some guys on the putting green. Uh, hitting some putts but we there there were there were only a handful of guys who came to the range after they played and you know a good friend of mine always talks about if you know if, if you want to be the best at something study what the other best people do and um uh, so i think some of those guys need to take note and maybe
0: that's one of the separators that, it, that they haven't gotten to that next level sure so. that could very well be yeah, yeah, a couple extra hours a day probably or whatever the case plus they're just fresh from the round. It's all kind of clear in their head what they need to work on and that kind of thing. But, yeah, for, for sure. Mm-hmm. My great mentor in golf is my father. He passed away here a couple of weeks ago. We had his uh, funeral last week, but uh, looking through all of his stuff and uh, writing his obituary and those kind of things, he. Uh, uh, golf was, as we joke, that golf was his number one love, you know, and and then all uh, Anita, and then his golf, and then uh, his cats, and then us three boys battling, <laughs> battling for that third and fourth spot. So, but uh, yeah, Tumwater Valley and uh, Olympic Country Club and uh, Cap City and Tacoma Country Club, Warehouser are not. Uh, uh, Tacoma Country Club was an interesting story. He wanted to get uh, on as a member there, and they were kind of expanding, and it's one of those older country clubs where it used to be. Yeah, you can, you know, you can join for $40,000, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Well, when their membership goes down, then they lower that number right. down so they can get some guys playing. So, uh, he joined and they called him and he, uh, they said, you're, you've been voted in by a couple of guys and, uh, come on up and play. So, you know, dad, not one to, uh, sit on his laurels, drove up there right then, gets out of the putting green and, uh, here it's one, he's putting with a guy and, then uh, they're just talking golf and, uh. Uh, It was one of the Weyerhaeuser brothers from Weyerhaeuser, you know, (laughs) multi-multi-multi-multi-millionaires, probably with a B, actually. First guy ran into a Tacoma Country Club, one of the Weyerhaeuser boys, so kind of a fun memory. Yeah. A great picture of him at the National Senior Left-Handers event uh, that I hadn't seen before. I was thrilled to see it. Yeah. He just looked so happy to be there, you know. The, the, he, he qualified for the National Seniors, I'm sure, second flight or whatever it was, or first flight maybe, because he was pretty good stick. But, uh, yeah, those kind of memories, a lot oh, of fun. I, I spent yeah. a lot of time on the golf course with my dad, that's for sure. Yeah, that's one of the great things about
1: the game is, you know, it, it, it bridges so many generations of people and so many... People from diverse, different backgrounds. You know, the, the, where else do you get to meet one of the warehouser brothers, or you know, and that type of thing? And uh, it's one of the things that I love about the game. And uh, what's so great about kids hanging out at the golf course? The people they get to meet, the examples they get to see, and
0: uh, uh, you know, life lessons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was a great example of. Uh uh the kind of game you can you can take it with you forever he wrote me a great letter a number of years back which was in his stuff and uh, which I have still carried it and you've seen my forewood my uh, the old growth as my dad used to call it <laughs> uh, he, he saw me uh, I played with him and uh, I think it was probably uh Tomwater Valley and uh, par 5 and I would hit a big drive and uh, and then I hit that forewood on the green from I don't know 240 yards or something when I was a younger guy and yeah, he wrote this great letter about it, which is uh, it means a lot to me, of course. But uh, hitting the old growth, he said, "The boys, the old boys, don't uh, can hardly believe you hit the old growth on a two-one and whatever number it was." <laughs> <laughs> so that's a that's a fun memory, and uh, uh, just lots of great uh, golf memories. But at that time, I remember, now I read the uh, date on the letter, and it was uh, about uh, eleven years ago, something like that, two thousand eight, I think. And so, Dad was eighty when he wrote that and he was a good player at 80. He walked the course every day till he was about 85. That's great. And uh, uh he could really play at 80. I I had to go to get him and uh, uh yeah, pretty impressive. So that's the the uh, also the life uh, the lifelong life of golf and a golfer, you know, if you a cart, what are you talking about a cart? Well, now everybody rides a cart, but uh, a lot of guys used to walk every every 18 of their lives. So, uh, we wanted to talk about practice and exercise. You had a... Had a, a chance to talk to a, um, a student of yours, and uh, it, all, it comes up a lot. Are you practicing or are you exercising? Yeah. Well, you and I've had uh, one one uh, significant lesson this year, which isn't enough, but it's it's great to enjoy your your company and your time out there and your expertise. Practice and exercise. Uh, you, you know, if, if if you if you got expertise last season and you haven't been practicing that expertise for the last year um the game isn't probably improved that much
1: no and that that's what the student of mine and I were talking about and uh he said he you know he hadn't gotten any better this year if anything he gotten worse you know I I said well you know we, we haven't had any lessons this year and he said yeah but I you know I took a bunch from you last year and I said well you know if you're going to I'd much rather, if somebody, let's say they, they were going to take 10 lessons, I'd much rather them s- see them take those 10 lessons over an extended period of time, say uh, one a month, then, you know, Ten lessons in a couple months, and and because you, you, one, you you have to have time to make changes or improvements, and if if you really want to get better, you ha- you have to analyze your game where it's at, and just striking the ball better is not going to is not necessarily going to get you uh shooting lower scores um, you have to really go after and see what what are the areas of the game that are costing me shots or what are my strengths what are my weaknesses and go after one making your strengths better but improving your weaknesses and improving the areas where you're deficient and, and not getting better and and we we talk about you know i always joke with people i say are you exercising or practicing and most of us just go to the range and exercise and you know you, you You get a bucket of balls and it's got Fifty balls in it, and you hit twenty-five seven irons, and you hit twenty-five drivers. And there's a, there's a time for that practice where you're maybe working on uh, changing some aspect of your golf swing. But to to improve your game, we all if we, if we sit there and hit enough balls, at one at some point we get in where we have a sense of rhythm and timing, and we start striking all our shots pretty well and, and, and solid. But on the golf course, we don't have that opportunity to hit multiple shots from the same spot, so it's harder to s- find that sense of rhythm and timing in the golf course because we're in a one-shot environment. And so when when we practice, we have to create more of that one-shot environment. And so, for instance, if if uh, this gentleman he he really struggles with his chipping and pitching, and uh, we talked about in a typical practice session for him would be he'd hit forty or fifty shots. To the same pin hitting the, you know, from the same place. Well, you can, after a few shots, hopefully you can start timing that. You're hitting the right landing spot, they're all rolling up where, you know, you're next to the hole in that one putt range. But again, you don't get that opportunity on the golf course. So if, for instance, in this case where you're practicing your chipping, you might take a pick out a spot. To chip front but if there's five or six pins on the putting green you might hit shots to each of those so each time you have to pick out a different landing spot you've got a different you know it may be uphill or downhill uh where the break is different so you have to you have to pick out that landing spot see where it's going to land where it's going to roll out and work each time where you're you're taking your time to Choose the landing spot to hit that spot. Then you have to regroup on the next the next shot to hit a different one, and that's much more transferable to the golf course because that's what we have to do out there. And uh, you know, if we were in a full swing situation where uh, we're we're practicing the range, and uh, you might hit a driver, and then you might pull out a seven iron and hit it to a different spot. Uh, or a different target, and then maybe you hit a driver again, and then, then maybe a pitch shot. So you you have to vary your practice, and you need to put pressure on yourself as well. You know, because on the golf course, we're faced with shots where we're, you know, we're we're in a place where we're uncomfortable, where we don't quite know the shot to hit, or where, you know, we don't want to hit it in the water, out of bounds, those type of situations that put us, put us under pressure or stress. So we have to recreate that in, in our practice practice situation so we get better at taking it to the golf course
0: yeah yeah no question i can you can, you can imagine it. Uh, most of us play at uh, maybe one or two golf courses fairly regularly yeah. <clears throat> one or two and, and not very many more than that so you've got a few spots out there on the course that you always have trouble with uh, a certain shot or a certain shape of the hole and uh, that's something you can work on say okay here i am here I am on number seventeen, yeah. and there's trees on the left, and that always gives me trouble. What do I do? Yeah. Exactly. And then you just think, and okay. That would have worked. That would have worked. That would have worked. Oh, there's the old problem. That would have worked.
1: No, the other great thing is is on course practice. You know, actually go out on the golf course and and you know if you struggle with a particular hole, uh, you know we can all find times on the golf course that aren't very busy, and you go out and and you know, you hit that drive on that hole and uh give yourself some more confidence on it. On if there's a, a Force carry over water that you struggle with you know learning to hit that shot from that position so when you get to that point you have a uh, a positive image of in the in your mind of the shot rather than stepping
0: up there with a negative image of the ball going out of bounds or in the water or whatever the situation is i like a couple years back we had a segment uh, similar you you had talked about the uh, a teach a walking lesson with with two golf balls so you always have a it, it creates a positive mindset, like, well, here's what you could have shot, Yeah, uh, here's what you did shoot, and uh, you've got the, the best of the two, basically, and think... Oh, I can I can hit a good shot. From yeah, you. that's right. Yeah, that's a great, you
1: know, really to see what your true potential is. If you play your own best ball with three balls, you go on the golf course. You get hit three shots in every situation, and take the best one. It is you know, you'll be surprised what score you can shoot. Yeah, but it really it gives you a sense of of what potentially you could play to, uh, and we never get quite to that point but sure uh, uh it really helps you lower your sc- scoring barriers and um
0: gives you a better feel for where you where you could be on the golf course chris thanks for another great year you thank lined you, up mac. a lot of great guests this year and i think uh, we will try to post some of those on uh, podcast one uh maybe just some individual interviews from the course of the year that are, that are quite uh, quite good so thank you chris thank you mac Another good year of Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Thank you all for listening, and you can find uh, the shows archived at lakeswoodsandirons.com and also at Podcast One. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ.